Ladies and gentlemen, hombres y mujeres, it's now time for the hottest podcast on the market, the primary source for education, motivation, and unification. I'm your host, Joshua Hughes, and this is Empowerment Talks. E-Talk Universe, what's good? We have a stack show today because we are graced with the presence of a... Campus Missionary with Chi Alpha Christian Fellowship. We will be tackling the subject of life after school. Now, this open discussion will be broken down into three fundamental questions. What separates a student from a professional? Does your first job have to be your dream job? And what are the tips and tricks to getting that job. Josh, it's wonderful to have you on the show. Welcome. How you doing today, bro? Doing fantastic. I can't complain. And even if I did, it wouldn't change anything. So, Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, Josh. Well, I am, uh, again, I'm Joshua Bird. I am originally from Oakland, California. Really? Yes, originally from Oakland, California. I was born in San Francisco, but mm-hmm. raised in Oakland. Uh, I decided to come all the way out here for school. I uh, graduated actually from Loyola University uh, last year, 2016. Um, I was originally a music major when I was here, but then I decided to change to mass communications with a focus in public relations. So, um, so yeah, I have my degree in public relations, and now I'm working as a campus missionary uh, right back here on campus for this group called Chi Alpha Christian Fellowship. Wow. Okay. How long have you been doing that? I've been doing that for the past year. Uh, well, this is my second year, actually. So, I guess about a year and a half-ish now. Huh. Yeah. This is a career path not too many people pursue. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Man, what made you want to do this? Oh, that's a lo- That's a loaded question with a long answer. <laughs> um, man, so, so actually, I was a part of Chi Alpha. So, Chi Alpha is... Uh, student ministry here on Loyola's campus and actually all across the country. Um, Chi Alphas are all across all across the country. Um, so I was a part of Chi Alpha as a student and uh, I was pretty much a part of it since <laughs> about the first week of school. Um, I fell in love with it. I made some of my best friends a part of being a part of Chi Alpha. And um, I think honestly kind of what it boils down to is that uh, the impact that the group had on my life and uh, who I was as a person and even like as a Christian really kind of uh, just kind of created in me a heart to want to give back to not only the organization, but to the campus itself. Uh, Loyola is such a special university, has a really special place in my heart. Um, so I figure why not? take this career path and, and give it a shot. Yeah, give it a shot. Well, tell me, what, what's it like applying for something like this? I mean, we have to separate what a student from a professional walking out of this campus and then coming back to work here? How does that work? So, um, yeah, that tra- that transition was a very interesting transition. Um, I say that for a few reasons. One, because when you're a student, literally your job is to be a student and to make the grades, get the degree. Um, And so really the ramifications of like not actually achieving those goals or like 
taking responsibility for that, that kind of falls on you. Like if that doesn't happen, then that's it's kind of your loss. Uh, but now in the real world, so to speak, um, there are responsibilities that you have that uh, that don't just affect you. So if I choose not to go into work today, then that not only do I get a day off, but other people are affected by that as well. Exactly. Um, and so kind of the, that transition of like uh, learning how to think more, um, I guess, kind of bigger picture in that way that the decisions that you make do not just affect you and whether or not you make an A on a test, but it's like actually affecting real people in real time. Um, and so kind of changing your mindset in that way was a pretty big uh, transition. Um, I'd also say just making money, <laughs> making money. I mean, I, like I had, I, I did work study for a bit when I was a student and uh, even like over the summers, I would work because like I needed money. Exactly. To be able yeah. to be honest. Be yeah. Really. Yeah. I had, I had to make some money. Um, but now it's like the work that I'm doing and the money that I'm making is like actually what's sustaining me, not just like, you know, I need some money for the summer or I need some money to pay for tickets for maroon and gold. Um, <laughs> but it's like, again, real world consequences in real time. So Exactly. How long has it been since you've been out of school? It's been, man, a, I graduated in 2000. 16 so over a year over a year now over a year, over a year. <laughs> yeah would you say that transition was pretty easy or did, did it come up with a little bit of strife did you was there a low period where you're like what do i do okay yeah so i think honestly i think all college students well specifically seniors if it's your last year shout out to all the seniors whoop, whoop, whoop. who are going through their last uh last semesters here at loyola um that that transition can be really kind of tricky because I mean, for four, even for myself, five years, I was super senior. <clears throat> there was a lot of like, I don't know what in the world I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> like, not only did I spend four and a half, five years in school, but now I have a debt. Right. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know like how I'm going to pay off that debt. Yeah, <laughs> so, the real of the real, man. Yeah. So I... It was hard because it's like you you want to not only do you want to get a job that pays the bills essentially, but you also want a job that you enjoy, um, and so that that comes with a few a few different issues. One, how am I going to find this right. perfect job? And two, um, will I be able to actually get this yeah, job exactly? This imaginary job, um, and so also there's just a lot of people kind of in your ear telling you what you should do, which career path they want you to take, what would uh, almost like be in the best interest for them. Right. Um, and so there's a lot of different opinions, especially for myself. There was a lot of different people. Like I said, I'm from California. So not only do I have my parents and my friends and my church family telling me what they wanted me to do, but then I also have people here, my professors telling me, you know, you should take this career path. And even some of my mentors that were part of Chi Alpha, like, oh, maybe you should go in this direction. And then even some of my like outside friends outside of Loyola, hey, man, you ever considered doing this? So there's a lot of different voices um, that are constantly like, all you telling know. you what you should do. Yeah, yeah, and uh, honestly, not with a malicious, right, malicious right, right, intent, right. but still, just a lot of voices that um, are 
they they want you to do what they want you to do. So um, I think that was definitely a huge part of the transition was being able to sift through all of those different opinions and really figure out, number one, what do I want to do? But then also, I'm a Christian, so like I will always pray about it and see what God wants me to do because I think ultimately that's what's most important. So, so tell me, man, about that. How much does faith play into your decision-making? Uh, quite a bit. <laughs> quite a bit. Um, I mean, so, so yeah, as, as a believer, I, um, I take it pretty seriously that um, God ultimately has the best plan and that ultimately what God wants and the plan that he has not only um, is good, but it's better than what I could conjure up or what other people have to say. Um, and so I, I take that pretty seriously. Um, and I think that, honestly, the transition between college and kind of real world job experience was one of the <clears throat> one of the first times that I really kind of had to trust God and see okay. what do you want me to do, God, because. Again, there's so many different options, so many different voices, a lot of confusion. There's the pressure of like, I need to get this job now. And, exactly. Um, so definitely my faith played, it plays um, and played a huge part in uh, the deci- my decision-making process. See, and that, that <laughs> talking about transitions, this brings us right to our second point. Could you please tell us, what was your dream job? Man, I, Josh, honestly, I don't even think I could tell you. For real? <laughs> I honestly don't think I could tell you. I think that when, when I was a student, I definitely... So, okay, so I'll backtrack a little bit. Um, like I said, I was originally a music major. Right. Right. I grew up singing, grew up playing music my whole life. So I initially thought that I wanted to go into a career with just me singing, me doing music. Uh, but just over the course of my first year here, I realized that wasn't exactly what I specifically wanted to do as a career. Um, so I decided to change, did my research, um, and eventually switched over to PR. Um, and so just in in the world of communication and uh, specifically PR, I really began to develop a passion for um for the field and specifically in the area of like nonprofits and then even more narrowly tailored to like African-Americans and then even more narrowly tailored to like young kids. Um, so I guess at that point, as those passions were developing, it was really kind of like I wanted to get a job in PR mm-hmm. uh, where I was sort of representing some kind of nonprofit that had uh, some kind of work to do with like young black kids. Okay. Um, okay. So it it was kind of, it was kind of like not I wouldn't say all over the place, but it right, was right. not quite as concrete as like a lot of people would uh, describe their dream job. But that was a passion that developed that um, I definitely wanted to work in. But then it was also like I still want to sing, so right. um, so like I wasn't completely throwing that out the window either. Right. Um, so I, I would say, so I guess to answer your question, it's probably hit two answers to the question. One is a musician, and then the other um, is doing work with young black kids. So uh, be, being able to differentiate what is the what is your primary focus versus your secondary source, uh, secondary secondary focus. Is it normal for it to change throughout the first four years of school? Oh yeah, oh. I would absolutely say that. Yeah, uh, because I mean, honestly, college and I. Th- 
just even thinking about my job now, why I love it so much as a campus missionary is that college is such a unique time. Like you learn so, so much about yourself. You learn so much about the world. You learn more even about the passions and talents that you have. And even passions and talents that you didn't even know were there. Um, And so you're learning all of these amazing things and you're developing and you're growing. And so, of course, yeah, your passions are going to change. And what you thought you were going to do all throughout high school and middle school is like, I don't think I actually want to do that anymore. There's this new world of, man, I didn't even realize that this area was something that I had a passion for. Like this group of people was something that. Um, I could tap into. So there's definitely a lot of change and evolution in terms of like uh, your primary versus your secondary. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, it definitely changes. And I think that's normal. That's completely, completely normal. Yeah. yeah. So uh, just as a, a personal question, when choosing your job field, uh, do you look for a job that not only pays well, but is more focused on you yourself as an individual or a job that pays well and serves the community. What's my preference? Yes. Okay. I would say <laughs> my preference would be a job that pays well <laughs> ab- above anything else. Uh, of course. But I'm a missionary, so I don't exactly get paid a whole, whole lot of money. But um, I, I say that quickly because Ultimately, the work that I'm doing is so much bigger than just a paycheck. Um, But I mean, honestly, my preference would be to make a lot of money, not only so that I can be comfortable, but I want to have a family one day. I want to pay off these student loans. I want to be able to buy a nice car, a nice house, be comfortable. And honestly, it doesn't even have to be like I have the nicest everything and the latest this and that. But as long as I'm comfortable, that's kind of like... Uh, that's kind of been my goal. So as l- honestly, as long as I'm paying the bills and I'm not like struggling, struggling, exactly. then, you know, that's um, that's kind of my priority. But I mean, I can definitely understand people with the perspective of like even my family has struggled their whole life. And, you know, I don't want to be in that predicament. So my goal when I graduate from college is to get a good paying job right off the bat. Exactly. Um and so for a lot of people, I can I absolutely understand that that money is the top priority. But even then, you can have a really good paying job where you're miserable every day. Um, and so on the flip side of that, I can see like even in my predicament right now where I'm not making six figures, not even close to that. Um, but I am happy and I have a great life here. The work that I'm doing is incredibly important, I believe. And um yeah, I, th- I think your passion should definitely, honestly, that should probably be your first priority because, I mean, there's something so much bigger than just uh, just your personal preference. Um, and that's like the well-being of your soul. How are you actually doing? Or do you wake up every day miserable? Do you wake up every day happy um, because of the career choice that you've, uh, that you've chosen? But, uh, yeah, I think ultimately... Uh, what's most important is uh, what you're passionate about. And I actually, I was thinking about this earlier earlier today. One of my friends, uh, we went on a trip to Guatemala a few years back. Uh, and we met this lady in the airport and she told us, uh, do what makes your heart beat fast. 
and that has stuck with me. Uh, yeah, like I said, it was my friend's birthday, so I reminded her of that in the text message. Make sure you're doing what makes your heart beat fast. And I think ultimately uh, that thing that makes you excited, that thing that gives you the motivation to get up in the morning, not just what's paying my bills, but right. what's actually fulfilling my life. Uh, let that be your primary. Let that be your focus. And like you said, you're not from here. So yeah. to be someone that truly chases their dreams, it means that there may come a time where you have to get up and move. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that, man, I'm really, really, really grateful for uh, the experience that I've had in the form of me leaving California and not only going to school, but ultimately working here. Um, I have learned so much about myself, learned so much about what it means to even be a Christian on my own, what it means to have a career. Um, and I think that, I don't think it's impossible to do that by just staying in a certain place, but I think it's uh, what you learn is exponentially increased by going away. Um, and sometimes you really do have to because the surroundings that you're a part of, the people that you're connected to, um, again, not ma maliciously, but they could be holding you back from your full potential. Um, and so oftentimes it is necessary uh, to kind of get up and move, literally move. <laughs> um, um, and it's hard. I'm not, I'm not going to say that every step of the way has been easy. Uh, I'd say my first two years here at Loyola, I was, it was really hard because I was very connected with my friends and family back home. And so um, to move all the way out here, a lot of my friends were from New Orleans when I came to school. So they would go back home, you know, yeah. on the weekends and uh, even like for Thanksgiving break, I didn't have that option. So again, it kind of forces you to... Uh, to learn and grow in ways that you would not have otherwise if you had not gotten up and just gone. Right. So once again, doing whatever makes your heart beat fast is really. Yeah. 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 And honestly, even even if that's your heart beating fast because of fear, <laughs> like sometimes you go for it. Yeah. Sometimes that I mean, honestly, fear is normal, but it's what you do in the face of fear exactly. that really determines who you are as a person. I heard a saying where uh, there's only two types of people, those who fail because of and those who succeed in spite of. Mm, that's good. When somebody's faced with fear, you either succumb to it or you overcome it. Yeah, that's good. So having the courage to be able to say, I'm willing to get up and move, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even when it means going all by yourself. And what? Yeah, and that's the thing, actually. So coming, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but coming from California, out here to New Orleans, I don't have any family out here. Wow. I don't have any friends. Well, I mean, I do now, but like initially, right, right. I didn't I didn't have anybody. So completely so was, just in uncharted waters. Completely uncharted waters. So it was it was hard, but I think it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. So here's the thing, E-Talk Universe. There comes a time in everyone's life when they want to contribute their own two cents into society by starting their own business. But the cost and hassle of creating a website can be unbearable. Not anymore. Landing Line is the hottest website builder on the market, not because they give you complex templates you don't need, but because they put the power of website building into your own hands, page by page. All they ask is that you add what you need as you need it. 
And as a gift to the consumer, Landing Line is absolutely, and I mean absolutely free. So be sure after the podcast to check Landing Line out and fulfill their a lifelong professional dream. That's LandingLine.com. Once again, that is LandingLine.com. Josh, welcome back to the show. It's good to be here. Wow. To have the courage to get up and move, even if it means you're all by yourself. That brings us to our third topic, man, which it comes down to finally being able to get that job. How do you do it? Honestly, take advantage of the opportunities that are given to you and presented to you while you are in school. Um, Because those, honestly, nine times out of ten will be the opportunities that kind of launch you into your career and launch you into even what we talked about before, like your dream job. Um, Loyola is a really, really incredible, incredible institution for a few reasons. But uh, one, just because Loyola is known within New Orleans community. Like if you have a degree uh, from Loyola, then that that gives you a good a good foot in the door already. Um, But then even beyond that, I just remember some of the professors that I had here at Loyola, Dr. Kathy Rogers, uh, Val, we miss her. Uh, and even like Dr. Ashley Howard, professors like that who are extremely connected with what's going on in the city. Not only uh, have they worked professionally, they have years of professional experience under their belts, but um, they also have years of teaching experience under their belts as well. Um, And so they provide you with a wealth of knowledge and uh, potential opportunity. So I would say number one step to uh, kind of transitioning and getting that job is taking advantage of uh, the resources that you already have here at Loyola. Um, I think one of the things that I really appreciated most about my time here that really kind of helped me quite a bit in terms of like making making a decision for a job uh, was the internships that I had and was in fact required to have as a Loyola student because I think most actually yeah I'm pretty sure uh, if you're like a mass comm major you have to have yeah, an internship yeah and I think even like the business school you're required probably to have two internships something like that and that's amazing because I don't think I mentioned this before but really my transition between uh, college and sort of real world experience I was really blessed because I had a few job offers from really? a few different places. Yeah. And actually, uh, two of those three job job offers were from internships that I had while I was a student. Um, and so, like, I had a conversation with some of, my, some of my bosses and they were like, hey, man, if you want to continue in this, then like you absolutely really? have a place. And this is while I'm a senior in college, like kind of in this place of looking for a job, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And so it was those internships that even though I didn't take those jobs, they were open options that I had. Um, And so take advantage of those. Um, And then number two, yeah, number one, take advantage. And then number two, um, just be open, be open, be open because, um, even with even with those job offers that I did have, wow. ultimately the one that I took mm-hmm. was not the one that I thought I was going to initially. Right, right. Um, and so I had to come with an open mind that 
even though there are options available, there might be something else that I'm not even thinking of um, that could could very well be what I end up choosing to do. Um, and so a part of that kind of goes with um, having good mentorship and being right, connected right, right. with people who have good experience. Um, so, yeah, yeah, definitely take advantage of those people in your life um, and take what they have to offer. Uh, don't be so prideful to think that you can do it all on your own. Like you, you need some people. I mean, I, ultimately that kind of boils down to networking that you just have to know people and take advantage of who you, not take advantage of them, but take advantage right. of the fact that you do know people. Right, right. So huh, there's a saying that a closed mouth doesn't get fed. And when it comes down to getting a job, if you, you close your mind out, well, the yeah. bills are gonna come. So, right. Yeah. Well, those are that's very lofty thinking yeah. as far as being able to get that position and, and secure yeah. uh, your future. Yeah. But let's yeah. get and more down fast. to the surface level of the conversation. When you're when you're walking in through the door, I mean, what are we wearing? What are, I mean, Lord, do we brush our teeth twice? How, how do we get this done? Walk us through it. <laughs> you, yeah, brush your teeth. <laughs> okay, at least brush once. your teeth at least once before okay, at least. Bef noted. At least once before the interview. Noted. Uh, <laughs> Um, definitely do your research about where it is that you're trying to go. Uh, so, for example, if I'm trying to work at Devaney Communications, um, I'm going to do all the research that I have to do in order to when I get into that interview, I know probably not more than them, but I should be expecting to know more than they know about their own company. Like exactly. you need to do your research so that you don't walk in. Just kind of like, uh, I want a job and, you know, I just want to pay my bill. I want a job because I want to make some money right. versus, right. hey, I know what it is that you represent. I know what you as a company offer. And here are the reasons why I can be an asset. Right. Right. Yeah. So do your research. Do your research. Um, and then I think ultimately that that just boils down to being prepared. So not only are you doing your research, but you're looking at the culture of the office and where you're trying to work. Um, so th that will probably even determine even more surface level how you're going to dress, uh, because I don't honestly I don't think that every job interview requires a three piece suit with a tie and a boat like it, it might not require that based on the environment that you're working in um it may not require all of that but again boils down to being prepared doing your research um yeah i, th I think that that's kind of what's most important uh what about when you're actually in that room with your interviewer your speech and the ways that you conduct the conversation yeah. how do we answer those questions yeah i, I say that uh you come with questions prepared. Okay. Um, yeah, absolutely. Come with questions prepared because, again, that looks good. That looks really good on you that you're not so uh, so presumptuous as to think that you know everything about the job. Like you have questions. You ask about what exactly would I be doing here? Like what is the company's view on X, Y, Z? That, that looks really good. It shows that you're curious and it shows that, honestly, that you're willing to learn even before you get the job. Um, so come with questions prepared. Um, and then honestly, this is probably the most cliche thing that I could say, but be yourself because people can spot fakeness. They right. can spot a phony from a mile away. Um, and so be yourself. Like it is okay to relax. It is okay to laugh. 
um, it is okay to um, to be yourself because anything other than that is not beneficial to you or to the company. Um, so be yourself. So despite common belief, interviewers are people too. P- yes, interviewers are people too. And think about this. If this is a job that uh, a lot of people want, then that means that they have a lot of people that they are interviewing. So you need to stick out. Right. You need to be, again, they can spot phony from a mile away. So if you present present your true, authentic self, flaws and all, to the interviewer, then that that makes you stick out. That absolutely makes you stick out. That almost vulnerability, not even really vulnerability, but openness to being to being like, yes, I am willing to put in the work, but I also have these areas and these shortcomings that I'm going to overcome as a member of your team. Right. Okay. Okay. So stick out. um, Be yourself. Relax. Breathe. Breathe. People forget to breathe sometimes. They turn purple during an interview, and then the 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 entire time is like when you call the emergency (laughs) people. You know what? I actually there. Some of your listeners might have heard of this study, but there was a study that was done um, several years ago about power poses. Power poses. Yes, Please so power explain. poses. So a lot of times right before an interview or before something that's really big in your life, you're kind of like sitting in the waiting room, literally sitting in the waiting room, waiting, uh, waiting to be called up next. So what do people do? A lot of times they'll hold their hands together or they'll cross their arms, kind of these weak positions where like it kind of even from your demeanor shows that you're nervous or you might slouch over conscious uncomfortable exactly exactly so um i heard about this uh, this study go into the bathroom maybe like five or ten minutes before your interview you put your hands right on your hips just like superman and you do a power pose and you say, <laughs> I can do this. And honestly, I think what the what the study found was that people were a certain percentage higher uh, to do well on their interview than other people who, you know, kind of just sat in the waiting room and right. slouched over. And, were, right. and again, it's OK to be nervous, but it's what you do in the face of that nervousness and fear that kind of determines the outcome. Um, so do a power pose. That is very much a crucial point that when you're sitting in that wait rating one, waiting for somebody to come out and say, come on in, mm-hmm. those butterflies, they have to show yeah. up in your stomach. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's about what you do with those butterflies. Don't let the butterflies overtake you. Butterflies are not that powerful. So don't let them overtake you. <laughs> Uh, do you recommend bringing like a resume or like a folder with you? Something that, that makes you look like you're more than just somebody that filled out an online application. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that um, absolutely come with your resume, proofread resume. Yeah. Uh, I remember one of my good professors here, Dr. Dewey, she would just give you your resume right back to you or any kind of written work right back to you if there was any kind of typo. Because, I mean, what what is that? What does that make you look like if you can't even spell a word correctly or capitalize something? Why would I allow you to make money for my company or why would I give you money for my company? Um, And so, yeah, definitely come with a proofread resume Um, depending on the job and honestly where you're at as like transitioning between college and real world. It probably should not be more than a page long. Okay. just because you, I mean, you might have a whole lot of experience, but in terms of your age, like you just, you should not have a resume. Age, age and especially where you're trying yeah, to work at. Yeah, like you're not applying for a CEO position where you would need X amount of years of yeah, such and such. Yeah, like you won't need of, a three or four page resume. Like keep it, keep it to a page. Um, but then also, 
again, kind of depends on where you're applying, but I'll just even use Devony again as an example, or, or even Gamble Communications if you're applying for a communications job. Um, bring a portfolio of the work that you've done, especially the work that's pertinent to the job that you're applying to. So if you're applying to uh, do social media or um, something like that for a for a company, then bring bring your uh, bring your stats from other things that you've done in the past where um, XYZ company was at 20 percent viewership. And while I was there, it increased 30, 40 percent. Bring those stats so that they know not only do I have this on my resume, but I have something to to physically show you that. You know, this so is bring your receipts. Yeah, bring your receipts. Absolutely, bring your receipts. Don't bring all of them because that could be a little overwhelming. Yeah. Um, but br bring the best ones. Honestly, bring your best because um, I think even that kind of goes back to what you do during the interview. Don't, I mean, you don't want to be cocky, but show them your best. Right. Um, you don't want to make it seem again like you have it all together, but you don't want to show them the project that you got a C on. Show them the project that you got an A plus exactly. on. Exactly. So, um, yeah, definitely bring your best work, bring that portfolio of work. Um, even I, again, part of the reason why I love Loyola, they really prepare you for the real world. Uh, I think it's probably an even greater next level work to get a website where you can actually pull it up. Hey, if you don't mind, could we pull up my website on here's my URL? Um, all of a sudden, yeah. you are on a completely different scale. All of a sudden, yeah. And so, yeah, a, a lot of people, especially if the job has like three or 400 applicants, that makes you stick out even more exactly. because you have something not only tangible, but something that's well done and not so common that people would just make a website for themselves for like a portfolio. So, I mean, those kind of things really make you stick out. Along with that research, like you said, is such a valuable tool oh, yeah. because when a company, then when, when you walk in through the door, not only do you have your work, but you know what they believe in and you know what they're known for. You know what awards they may have won and we, we know how, how what it is that they value mm -hmm. as a company. And when yeah. you walk in there saying, you know this, exactly. all exactly. of a sudden, Com compared to everybody else that be walking through the door, that stack of resumes, they'll remember the interview they had oh, yeah. specifically with you. Mm -hmm. Because odds are, these are tools that many people are not going to bring. Yeah, I mean, and that's I think that's what's really special about Loyola because we're so well known in the community um, and so connected with the New Orleans community. It means a lot when you bring those things in. Um, because, yeah, pe people kind of have a standard for... When, when you bring in a bachelor's from Loyola, that comes with a certain level of expectation that, okay, my I's are going to be dotted, my T's are going to be crossed, um, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Now, that's what I'm talking about, taking an issue and breaking it down to its essential core. I'd like to take a quick second to thank the members of the eTalk universe, as well as first-time listeners, for tuning into this discussion. Josh, how can we contact you? You can contact me um, several different ways. Uh, you can uh, follow me on social media, probably just Facebook. Again, Joshua Bird, J-O-S-H-U-A-B-Y-R-D uh, on Facebook. Um, and then you can also uh, email me, J-A-B-Y-R-D-7-6 at gmail.com. Um, I respond to my emails pretty frequently, so 
Yeah. Now, eTalk Universe, this is extremely valuable and hot topic. How to get a job and transition from a student to a professional or transition from a professional to somebody that's trailing and blazing their own path. If you want to contribute to the topic, join the eTalk Universe. Please like, share and subscribe this podcast on iTunes and be sure to spread the word that what's going on in the eTalk Universe is stuff that you carry and bring with you for the rest of your life. But you know what, Josh? Yes, sir. The conversation doesn't stop here. No, it doesn't. We also have an e-blog on etalks.org. That is E-T-A-L-K-S dot O-R-G, where we can see the weekly updates on the hottest conversation of being that person that transitions from the workplace to becoming their own professional and becoming, instead of just a college graduate, a college graduate with a job. (laughs) In conclusion, my name is Joshua Hughes. My name is Joshua Bird. And this was Empowerment Talks, the primary source for education, motivation, and unification. Remember, progress starts with you. Peace.